there truly is nothing more exciting nowadays on the Avalanche's regular season schedule than a game against the Vegas Golden Knights. I think we saw during the preseason just how much these teams hate each other and how this rivalry really is becoming one of the best in the NHL. Um, it would not surprise me if, you know, they are the last two defending Stanley Cup champions. It would not surprise me if this era and this rendition of the Colorado Avalanche and this era and this rendition of the Vegas Golden Knights become what the Chicago Blackhawks and the Los Angeles Kings were between the years of 2010 and 2015. There was that three-year stretch where they played three exceptional series in a row, um, with Chicago being the more skilled, high-flying team with one of the best defensemen in the NHL in Duncan Keith, a.k.a. Kyle McCarr, and the Los Angeles Kings, this heavy, rugged, in-your-face team that somehow includes... Alec Martinez and these guys that are in your face, a nice two-way player like Andre Kopitar, a.k.a. Mark Stone. The similarities there are endless. Alex Petrangelo's this year's or this version of Drew Doughty. The, the similarities there truly are endless. And I am so excited to see how this all breaks down on Saturday. You are, of course, listening to a Friday evening rendition of Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. This is Arif Dean. I just wanted to stop in real quick and uh, do a couple things. Number one, I'm going to speak for a couple minutes and just kind of give an update from practice yesterday. And then from there, we're going to go right into a radio segment that I did earlier today on Friday with Sean Drotar over at Mile High Sports. It's usually Sean Drotar and Sandy Clough, but Sandy will, was not here today. So I'm going to plug in that 15 or 16-minute interview uh, at the end of this uh, quick segment that I'm going to do here, uh, just a quick, you know, conversation there, 15, 16 minutes on the Avalanche on Ivan Prosvitov, uh, who I discussed obviously after that uh, victory the Avalanche had the other night. Um, going into this Vegas game and just my thoughts on that. But quick update from Thursday's practice. I, uh, I, you know, we spoke with Jared Bednar. We spoke with the guys in the dressing room. Uh, there is something truly freeing about the fact that Jared has the ability to sit guys like Tatar and Druen because he has options this year. It's very reminiscent to 2022 when the Avalanche were able to sit Alex Newhook, to sit Andre Burakovsky and play guys like Obe Kubel or Cagliano, whoever the whoever it was, Nico Sturm even during that playoff run. Um, because you have options and because there's a standard set on this team and with this coach that you got to compete day in and day out or you'll lose your your spot in the lineup, you know, and McDermott and Riley Tuff did admirable jobs for who they are and what their roles are, obviously to different extents because of the roles that they play. Uh, but I would expect that one or both of Druen and Tatar will both be in the lineup against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see how that goes. Um, but Tatar was ready for uh, for a response. You know, he he was very open with me and candid about how when you lose two games for nothing, uh, there's changes to be made, and 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 he was obviously the casualty of that. And I think it speaks volumes to the type of player he is, and to the type of coach Jared Bednar is. That four assists in eight games, aka a half a point per game pace, forty one over a full season, four assists in eight games isn't enough, and it's not going to cut it. Even though he's a veteran making a million and a half dollars, which is a $3 million pay cut from the 48-point season he had a season ago and the salary he was making with the Devils, it is still a player that the team expects more out of, the coach expects more out of, and he expects more out of himself. And you know that Tatar wants nothing more than to come out and play well against the Vegas Golden Knights Saturday, assuming he does get that game, uh, which I would assume, like I said, that he does. 
because on Tuesday back at Paul Arena, those very same New Jersey Devils that he played 82 games with last year and had 48 points and has been there for a couple years, they will be in town here in Denver for a matchup between the Avs and the Devils. So that's all I got on that. Uh, Jared was also uh, very candid about uh, Riley Tufty playing pretty well in his first game and, and that you know he earned that opportunity. His six goals and six games with the Eagles are what drove him to having that opportunity. But uh, before Saturday's matchup, the moms are in Vegas, and it is uh, a heck of a time for the Avalanche right now. They're 7-2. and two. The Golden Knights are 10-0-1 coming off of a Stanley Cup championship. Here's me joining Sean Drotar. On Mile High Sports Radio, we'll chat with you guys again after that Vegas game. Something's burning, I can't figure out what. Out what? It's either lust or a cloud of dust. Judgment is clouded, must just be the powder from the power of love. But I'm in something I don't know how to get out of. Sandy Cuff and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. The Colorado Avalanche come off a bounce back win against the St. Louis Blues earlier in the week. A good performance by them kind of getting the things back and right because the road trip came to an uh, ignominious end with back-to-back 4-0 shutouts. They get right against the Blues. Things look pretty good. Some changes in the roster and the lines. Joining us to talk about it from My Life Sports is Arif Dean. You can follow him on social at Run Right Arif. That's A-A. R-I-F. And uh, Eric, let's quickly look back at the Avalanche's 4-1 win over the Blues. Uh, Ivan uh, Prosvetov in net uh, looked really good. Obviously, uh, I think in the early going, they needed him to. After that, the Avs kind of had it under control. He wasn't spectacular, but he was solid. It's only one game, but did you see enough to feel comfortable uh, to think that this is a guy that might be able to start 25 to 30 games for this team to make sure that when they get to the playoffs, Alexander Georgiev can remain fresh? I, from what I saw in that one game, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to be confident uh, just from that performance. I think the big thing here is, you know, we've seen the Avalanche kind of uh, put out some feelers with some other backups. They've tested out guys like Eustace Annanen, you know, Jonas Johansson, think back to Hunter Miska, Devin Dubnik. They always seem to have games where it's like, even when they win, because let's face it, this is a deep avalanche team that can scrape out a win with pretty much anybody in goal. It, it never, it didn't always feel like the goalie was positionally sound and confident in making mm-hmm. his saves and playing well. And, and what you saw from Ivan Provera or uh, Ivan Prosvetov, I should say, is, is that he, he was very comfortable. He looked comfortable. He was making the good saves. He wasn't scrambling in his crease. I'm not a huge goalie guy, but I can see a positional, positionally sound goalie when I see one, and, and that's what I saw out of out of the game he played, obviously with the help of the Avalanche, kind of locking it down, like you said, after the first 10 or so minutes. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, and that was the part I actually, you know, I, I do a little bit about goaltenders, and that's what the, the lateral movement was quick enough, uh, but he's kept square to the shooter. He t- cut off the angles when they were there, but I'm with you. The, the trick was, especially with backups, there wasn't a lot of wasted movement, not a lot of flopping from side to side, and that not only makes it easier to make saves, but it also gives the shooters less of an opportunity because they don't have a window. So uh, I, I don't think we're looking at a guy that's immediate all-star, but in front of a very talented Avalanche team, what you need is exactly that. Can you be consistently steady? And hopefully, yeah. you know, game one sure looked like a guy that would be consistently steady. You know, is a good shooter going to beat him? Yeah, probably. At times, that's probably the case. You know, is he going to absolutely steal you a game? No, probably not. But the number of backups in the NHL that could do that, you can count on one hand. So uh, hopefully that they might have found their guy. 
Uh, we'll see as he plays more. But it, it's interesting because Georgiev now will have five days off before they tackle Vegas. They get that game tomorrow night in Vegas. Jared Bednar had said that he wanted to get Alex, Alexander Georgiev time when he would just not get a game off, but he would get five full days off. Uh, the yeah. idea behind wondering why, you know, uh, Prosvetov hadn't played yet, there wasn't that opportunity. Now we got it because with Prosvetov playing against the Blues and getting a win, it will be five full days of rest for uh, for Alexander Georgiev because now the Avs uh, get Vegas on Tuesday and then they get back here for New Jersey. But this game against Vegas, it is one game out of 82, but it feels like a statement, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's the big thing. I mean, I will reiterate because, you know, we talked about this last week uh, with Yumi and Sandy, and, and we even uh, I, I've written about it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do need to reiterate that their schedule has helped give them the ability to play Georgiev because of those days off. And, you know, tomorrow's November 4th. They're going to play the Vegas Golden Knights, and then they have two days off before the game on the 7th against the Devils. So I'm going to make the assumption that Georgiev's going to get both those games yeah. because of those extra days off. Um, but yeah, the, the, the word you used was, was perfect. Capital S steady. That's what you got out of Ivan Prosvetov and that's what you need out of your backup goalie. Um, I also think that, you know, there is a possibility that he can steal you a game. We don't know, but what we saw was if you just need that steady positionally sound goalie, you're going to get that out of somebody like him. Again, it was one game. Uh, but my favorite part about that performance was his ability to make that really early save. Um, mm-hmm. where he, uh, where it was that cross the crease, if you remember, yep. they went, uh, it was Cairo to, George, to Braden Shen. And he went left to right, he made the save, and then from there, he just, you know, was the same positionally sound goalie that you wanted. So it's going to help. Georgiev's going to need some time off. Um, you don't want to see Alex Alexander playing four or five games in a row, giving up four goals per game like he did the other uh, last week. So... I think this is this is a step in the right direction for their goaltending situation. Yeah, and all of those goals, you know, if we look back again, uh, yeah, you look at it and say he gives up the, the four goals, and he does. That goes on his stats, and we get it. But th- there were significant breakdowns. You know, and then the Buffalo game, there were offensive zone giveaways that led directly to goals. Uh, that got tightened up a little bit uh, in the game against St. Louis. Did that just appear to you to be a team that was rolling, and it, was, it had been very easy, and it was the tail end of a road trip, and uh, just a little bit, uh, casual, you know, we know into that into that uh, game with Okpozo hitting McCarr. Even McCarr, after the game, said that uh, basically he didn't go into the corner with full effort, and that led to part of it as well. Was that a team that just kind of was ready to get back home, or do you think there was maybe something to keep an eye on over the next few games to see if it crops back up? I think there was definitely a feeling of they were just on the road for too much. You know, just from talking to some of the guys off the record in the in the dressing room this past week at practice, like. It was a very simple, uh, you excited to be back home? And they're just, oh, God, yes. Like, they're just, yeah, I mean, it they're was ret- six yeah. out of their first eight games. Yeah, six out of the first eight games, and they won six of them, and it just, it, it caught up to them eventually. So it, it was, there was a piece of that in it as well. There was a piece of just uh, needing a little bit of a reset after a couple of bad games. Um, but, you know, there was something Jack Johnson said to us at practice. He said, it's, things aren't usually as, as, great as you make them out to be and they're not usually as bad as you make them out to be so you know when they were six and oh they weren't they weren't you know riding this hot wave of like we're the best team in the world and when they lost two games in a row by four or four to nothing it was the same thing they weren't riding uh this feeling of like it's doom and gloom and everything sucks and and i think that's the most important thing for a team like that a team that's been there that's won that has that same leadership and core group is the idea that you know 
when things go wrong, all you need is an extra day off, get home and reset and, and play your game. And, and the St. Louis Blues, what better team than that team for them to play their game against? They beat them 24 of the past 30 times they've played each other, and they were able to kind of do that again and just kind of reset. Yeah, but when you were talking about what Jack Johnson said, even as you're saying it, I'm like, that is a, that's a veteran thing to say right there. I mean, that's a guy that, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low. And, and the truth is when you're a really good team, when you're a Stanley Cup caliber team, sometimes getting beat 4-0 by the Buffaloes of the world is not really the worst thing in the world as long as you learn from it and you realize, look, we're going to get everyone's A game. We're, we're the avalanche. And uh, you, you, no matter how good your team is, no matter how professional your team is, no matter how well coached your team is, and the Avs are, there are there's human nature involved, and every once in a while you're going to let up. And so occasionally, you know, putting your finger on the stove and realize, oh, yeah, it's still hot, isn't the worst thing in the world for your team. And I think maybe you saw that effort when coming back to St. Louis of an effort to realize, you know, we didn't really play like avalanche hockey the way we should. We kind of wanted to show that even with a different goaltender in net. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important thing that you can take away from this is um, – you know the, the the Pittsburgh Penguins. They want to be a great team, but they're they're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now with their one of their three victories in nine games coming against the Avs. Buffalo is a team on the rise. Those games will happen, like you said. The, you you can count many many times where you're going to go into a Buffalo and have a game like that. The most important thing for this team, and we're about to find out the first of many tests here. Uh, well, probably the second test after opening night. I'd say opening night was a pretty reasonable test. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going on the road and playing a team in your conference that's going to challenge for the Stanley Cup uh, along with you at the top of that conference uh, in the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, you got to go in, you got to have that kind of a game. I remember the year the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup and the year before it in 2021 when they were, you know, favorite that, you know, lost in the second round to Vegas. They constantly struggled against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, it was this feeling, look, eventually you, you don't have anything left in an 82-game schedule to pour out of your cup. And, and if, if you're running out of, you know, water to pour out of your cup against the Buffaloes and the Arizonas, it is what it is. You just got to make sure you have your full energy, your full cup, and you're ready to go when you're playing the Vegases, the L.A.s. And, and the Carolinas is another one that they played at home. So uh, in the end, Nathan McKinnon, you know, another guy we spoke with yesterday, he said it well. He said uh, – Somebody asked him uh, from the media how important it was to have that kind of a bounce-back game against the uh, against St. Louis because the very next game was against Vegas, and mm-hmm. he said it wasn't that important. He said if we if we beat St. Louis like we did, we're seven and two, and if we lost to St. Louis in this hypothetical scenario, we're six and three, and and either way, it's it's not a bad place to be going up against the Vegas Golden Knights team. So uh, it, it goes back to that veteran mindset. Just making sure you stay even keeled. Don't ride the highs too high. Don't ride the lows too low. We are speaking with Mile High Sports Eric Dean, run right Eric on social media and the lead writer for the Avalanche right here at Mile High Sports. And 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 on all that is true. At the same time, they're aware, right? The Vegas Golden Knights uh, have not lost in regulation. They're ten zero and one. They're twenty with twenty one points. They are the class of the entire NHL. They are the team that the Avs are going to have to try to find a way to go through. Uh, you can play it coy as much as you'd like. But, but this is kind of a big statement game. You'd like to be the one to dent that armor and be the one to give them their first loss of the year, especially in their barn. The changes that Jared Bednar made, and, and let's take a look at how this might happen. You know, Riley Tufty was uh, brought up. Uh, Caleb Jones was brought up. The idea with Caleb Jones, I think, is they didn't know if McCarr and Byram could play. They both could against St. Louis. So McDermott plays and Jones sits. But uh, the, the elevation of Tufty and sort of the demotion of Tomas Tatar and Jonathan Drouin, 
Where do you look at at those three guys in particular, Tufty, Tatar, and Drouin going forward? Uh, was this more of a one-off, or do you think that this is a trend that is going uh, to continue the way that Jared Bendar is looking at this team in the early going? Uh, determining if it's a one-off is going to be up to guys like Drouin and Tatar and, and this game as a whole. I think both Jared Bednar will never give you full honesty with this, or maybe he will to an extent without burying some of his guys. But the, um, that freeing feeling of having options, oh, you know he loves it. You know he loves having the opportunity, you know, think back to the 2020 playoffs to say, hey, uh, Andre Burakovsky, guy that in the future is going to score us a uh, game one, game all against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to help you in the first round against the National Predators because we can, because we have <laughs> options and you're not playing up to stand. And having the ability to do that, not having to trot out, no disrespect to these guys, I'm just using their names from mm-hmm. last year, the, the Alex Newhall and the, and the Sampo Ranta, whoever it is, because you have 12 healthy forwards and those are the 12 guys you're going to have to play no matter what, tough luck, you have no depth and in ravaging your team. It's better to have it this way it really truly genuinely does i think i mentioned this last week when we uh i don't remember but i do think about it you know val matushkin when the avalanche gave him an opportunity he had two assists in mm-hmm. his 18 games finally scoring in toronto to drought of a year and a half without scoring a goal in the nhl and has never looked back so i'm not by any means saying that the jonathan Drouin experiment is done i'm not by any means saying that thomas tatar is a bust uh, I'm just saying that when you have the ability as a team that's six and two to say, hey, we have this kid named Riley Tufty who's got six goals in six games in the American Hockey League. We're going to reward him and you're going to be the example that we set because you're not playing up to par. It, it, it's a great feeling for a coach to have that. It keeps everybody up to the standard that they need to be at, which is a standard the Avalanche have set under Jared Bender. Yeah, and that quite simply is competing and hopefully winning the Stanley Cup. So you want to follow Arif. Of course, the season goes along. Check out everything he's doing, the podcasts and the articles, uh, all the, all the great stuff that he puts together at Miley Sports. He is a one-man army here. So check him out. Run, right, Arif. That's A-A-R-I-F. Arif Dean in charge of the Avalanche right here from Miley Sports. Looking forward to these uh, this game this Saturday. I'm, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see it. I'm going to be stuck because, uh, uh, well, of course, I'll be up in Boulder with the, the Buffs game, but I would definitely yeah. going to record it, and I can't wait to actually look at it because – I, I, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. You're right. It's one of 82, but it, it's one where it kind of feels like you want, it's a measuring stick and you kind of want to know that, where you come up. Yep. That final preseason game before I hang up here, that final preseason game against Vegas, against Vegas, where I think they lost three to two after having a two, nothing lead. It's a, it's a preseason game. doesn't mm-hmm. really matter how it went down, but I've never seen two teams with more hate for each other in a preseason game. Like I did that. You know the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche both have the same feeling and that we want to beat these guys on the way to our second Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's, you know they have that feeling. It especially is nice. for the Avalanche, especially for the Avalanche who didn't beat them in twenty twenty one when they right. faced off the first time. Yeah, it, 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 I, I'm enjoying it because it feels like ever ever since the Detroit Red Wings moved over to the Eastern Conference, there hasn't been anything to replace yep. that rivalry. And the truth is there probably nothing ever will, giving the timing of the teams and the greatness of the teams at the time. But here we are with the Avalanche and the Knights alternating yep. the cup like the Avs and the Red Wings did back in the day. And these two teams realize they're the ones standing in each other's way. There are some similarities, and they are getting pretty sick of each other. Those rivalries are built in the playoffs. They've already had that. Uh, I think I think if, if someone asked me today, you know, who are the Avalanche's biggest rivals? I don't even blink. It's the Vegas Golden Knights, and I think Vegas 100%. feels the same. One hundred percent, and and uh, it's a playoff series that I want to see. 
Uh, it's a playoff series that I'm sure the Avalanche want to have. Fans might be nervous, but I think it would be the best thing for the game of hockey. So, yes, absolutely. No matter how much Nathan McKinnon downplays it, Jack Johnson will be oh, better. Oh, they want to win. <laughs> uh, they, yes, they, they 100% want to win that game tomorrow, especially because the Vegas Golden Knights are what? You, you just said it, 9-0-1? 10-0-1 now? 10-0-1. They're 10-0-1 coming off of a Stanley Cup championship. Yeah. Like, the Avs didn't do that last year. There was... There was this feeling, I remember Peter Bott, the athletic, he said something to me that really stuck out last year when I said, you know what, I'm pretty sure this team is relieved to just be done with this playoff uh, this playoff year after such a horrible injured year. And he said, I wouldn't say so because there is pride in how you defend your Stanley Cup championship and the Avalanche are embarrassed with how they defended their championship. They don't feel good about the feeling of losing in seven games to a second-year expansion team when you were the higher seed and the division winners coming off of a Stanley Cup championship. So they're looking at the Vegas Golden Knights right now and saying, we couldn't do what they're doing right now. We couldn't do that last year, and we need to be the one to end their streak. It matters truly in the heart of hearts. It matters to them. Yeah, you can be the first one to put a crack in that armor. Thanks for all the insight, Eric. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Always great to talk to Arif. Run right Arif again. A-R-I-F on social media. Give him a follow and check out everything over at Mile High Sports. The Denver Broncos are on the bye week after a big win over Kansas City. One of their former players, former captains, had a big week too. He uh, threw the Broncos a little bit of shade. I'll explain next on Mile High Sports. Don't quit, don't let me down.